if I give myself the sort of permission and the freedom to pursue my own experiences and do these things, it makes me less jealous of them, even if it's like unrelated. Mm. Like it might be that they want to do one thing with a partner and I'm holding myself back from seeking a different kind of experience that by letting myself have my experiences, it makes it easier to let them have theirs. Mm -hmm. If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multiamory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we are talking about you. That's right. We're talking about questions from listeners. Uh, as you may have heard, we have a phone number now where you can call and leave voicemails for us. And that number is 678-M-U-L-T-I-05. Cha-cha-cha. cha I'm so glad that like we finally graduated to the great like radio tradition of the call-in show. Yeah, right? I'm excited about it. So we are oh, hoping and, to do yeah. these occasionally. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, you know, just to our listeners, we're not changing our format or, you know, switching to just being a Q&A show. But we did want to just start trying this and to see how it goes. Yeah, to see how it goes and give give people a chance to actually call in with their specific things going on in their lives. Uh, yeah. And to do that, so if you want to get your question on the air on a future episode of this, uh, you can call that number, 678-MULTI-05. Uh, or on Facebook, if you go to facebook.com slash multiamory, you can send us a message on Facebook and choose to send an audio message. So if you're international um, or just don't like calling people on the phone, you can also <laughs> leave a, a voice message through Facebook Messenger, uh, and we can do it that way. Uh, so I'd rather we, just record myself. Yeah, are you is ready? Is there to really just, a huge difference? No, it's the, I don't know. You it's still do it on your phone either way. It's, it's just that it feels more millennial. I'm going to come back to my thing of mm, hating okay. on millennials. Yeah, yeah. Okay, why we just want a, a a decent living wage? Come on, yeah, just give me a decent <laughs> living wage and some decent fucking avocado toast. God damn it. <laughs> okay, sorry. I, it, boy, oh spoiler, boy. I had avocado toast this morning. Oh, I'm jealous. Oh, that sounds nice. That sounds real nice. That's really yeah. good. California man, yeah. It's okay, we're in Hong Kong. Whatever. We found avocados. Yeah, we have found avocados here. They're still green oh, and hard, so who knows what's going to be on the inside or how good they're going to be, <laughs> but yeah. find out. Well, let me know when you find out. Anyways, okay. anyway. shall we? And with that, let's jump into the first question. Here we go. Hello, all big fans. I'm just calling because I'm uh, frustrated with a lack of available language. Essentially, I'm somewhat touch-starved at the moment and trying to find ways to ask people to cuddle, not necessarily asking for sex, although if that's on the table, great. Um, but it's difficult, especially as a straightish presenting cis guy. And I don't want this to sound like a come on and all of the friends that I have that I have broken the touch barrier with are at a minimum a thousand miles away. So 
I guess what I'm asking for is if you know any language to that effect or if you just have general advice that would be excellent <laughs> so so essentially how does like a, a cis presenting straight presenting male bodied mm-hmm. individual ask for touch ask for cuddles in a way that's not seen as just trying to get to sex yeah yeah right it's not just the sneaky way of of getting to sex which is hard because I feel like in most, especially in most women's experience, it is the sneaky way to get to sex. Well, okay, so what? We, it's like the Netflix and chill. Yeah, it's the Netflix maybe? and chill thing. Like, yeah, right. So, so we were talking about this earlier, and it, this is something that um, that both of you guys mentioned was this this thing that, like, oh yeah, that definitely sets off those red flags of like, oh, I see you're you actually just want sex, but you're being indirect about it, mm. uh, and that didn't occur to me. Because um, mm. I, I mean, I well, haven't been on that of side of that situation. Like when when guys have approached me about sex, they're pretty direct. About yeah. it. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, you know, or, or women too. I guess they haven't felt quite the need to be as indirect with me. Obviously, culturally, that's kind of the way our gender roles go. Um, I, I was curious to hear from the two of you what your actual experience with that. Like, how has that gone? Like, how does that normally go? Like, what you know, what he's trying to not be. How does that go down? It's it's hard. Like, I feel like I often have my guard up. And, th- like, so if I think about when I'm intentionally stepping into a space, like, maybe it's a poly meetup or, like, some kind of sex-positive meetup. Like, a space where, in theory, people know about consent. People know about, um, you know, about non-sexual touch. Mm-hmm. People know about all these things. Like, these people are woke up to those things. That even in those spaces, I'll still have my guard up because I still get yeah. the sense of, like, if I agree to cuddle with someone, they still might think that something more could be attached to that. Or they'll think that this is still, like, just a, a progressive step leading to, you know, possibly a relationship or sex or whatever it is. I w- I'm happy mm-hmm. to say that the times that I have let my guard down, that I have let myself maybe cuddle with someone or just have non-sexual touch with someone, um, that I have found that my request for it to not go further has been honored and that that's been good. Um, I mean, where I am right now, it's still kind of the slow process of slowly getting used to that. And I feel like that's the hard thing is like, I feel like most women are just not at all used to that whatsoever. Well, and yeah, I mean, I tend to always have my guard up when it comes to just men in general mm-hmm. or male-bodied people in general. And maybe I shouldn't, but there is, you know, women, it, it, I think just being a female-bodied person at all means that you probably should have your guard up with people in general. At least that's kind of how I feel because we do statistically get, you know, harmed for more than people of male-bodied. So, Well, this is I turning into I, a real bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I'm not trying to say that. It's just that, but but I think I think touch is incredibly important. I mean, one of my partners is a cuddleist, so that's very much a thing that they believe in, and that um, they're obviously you know sharing with the world. Um, and I think it, it's important for this person to actually have that as an outlet. I think it definitely is important, but I don't know. I mean, consent, Dedeker, you said it like. That's the name of the game. Well, okay, yeah, okay, Jace. okay. Hang on, like, yes, and given that this... Like, okay, I'm going to go on the assumption that this caller, you know, understands and, and practices good consent and, you know, is kind of yeah. part of this community and whatever. So, like, rather than going more into that, 
assuming that he is those things, um, you know, how can he get this across to two people that he's interested in? And a, a thought that I'm having actually is that I think where the problem lies is in this idea or like in the in the thing of saying I'm looking for a cuddle and if it's more then I'm okay with that that mm. I think that for for people that can can be interpreted wrong can mm-hmm. be interpreted more of like I want sex but I'll take what I can get or like I'll take that for now and mm. hopefully turn it into sex later or those mm-hmm. sorts of things yeah. and mm-hmm. I'm thinking what about this idea of of separating those things like, I know it's nice to say, like, yeah, if it organically evolved into that, it'd be cool. But when you start sure. with that, I think that's kind of where the problem lies. Mm. And I wonder if we talked about this before, about the idea of getting your needs met beforehand so that you go into the dating pool not needing anything. Yeah. And I'm thinking, mm. you know, if you mm-hmm. are in an area or can drive to an area that does have actual, like, cuddle parties mm-hmm. or yeah. even, a, you know, a, a cuddleist, like like Emily was talking about, um, Mm -hmm. you know, of just getting that need met in a place that's really, truly only that. So, like, no one's thinking that you're going to try to turn it into sex because that's not a thing you can do at that venue, Mm -hmm. right? And then in your dating life, you can just go into dating, but you're not kind of needing it to satisfy that that urge. Yeah, I'm trying to think of... But I'm trying to think of, like, if I'm outside that space... Because I think that if I'm coming into that space where it's a dedicated, like, cuddle space, it's a cuddle party or a cuddle room or something like that, where I know everyone's on the same page, that I'll feel a lot safer going into that. But if I'm just, like, out and about in the world and someone approaches me, I think for me, what I really value is some specifics. Uh, Sometimes even to the point of hyper-specific. So if somebody requests of me, like, hey, I want to sit on the couch with you for 10 minutes and cuddle. Mm. And that's it. You know, um, Mm. I'm feeling much more comfortable with that, like when more of my questions are answered rather than just like, hey, let's cuddle or hey, is it okay if we cuddle? Um, I I, I mean, I'm just. Yeah, so you're saying just like be as specific as possible? Yeah, yeah. And this is. I mean, I like that. It's so weird. Um, I I hate to confess this, but I've actually heard about this in pickup artist theory, and this is like a terrible way to open with this, but it's um, more about. If you're approaching a woman wanting to, like, get her number or get her contact information, um, putting the time limit on it is actually more effective. So as in, if you go up to somebody and you're like, hey, like, I'm about to leave because my buddy's, like, waiting in the car out there. But I just wanted to say, like, you seem really interesting. You seem really beautiful. I would love to talk to you. Um, Hmm. Coming into it knowing, like, that, so that the person hearing that knows, like, oh, this is a limited interaction and it's going to end. So, as in, like, now this guy's coming up to me and now I have to awkwardly stand through him trying to pick me up and, like, trying to get out of the conversation. Like, already knowing, hey, there's an out and this is going to end and then it's going to be over with. Um, So, we're saying manipulate people. Well, yeah, we'll be good. Well, no, no I'm, I'm not. Well, I mean, obviously, obviously, the whole, the whole, um, you know, the standpoint of pickup artists is like manipulate people so that we can actually get what we really want, which is the number. What is yeah. sex? But obviously, right. in this situation, it's different. It's not like we're going to put this limit on it so that then I can make it, it. Then it makes it easier for me to get sex. It's we're going to mm-hmm. put this limit on it so that someone feels more comfortable and doesn't think that I'm just looking for sex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that. <clears throat> Man, that's interesting bringing up the pickup artist thing because yeah. because it's true that a lot of the the stuff that's taught in the whole pickup artist community is kind of about 
you know, making people feel safe, making yourself seem more approachable, stuff like that. Mm. And oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes kind of with a nefarious purpose behind it, or or not even nefarious, because that's implying that that, that sex is negative. It's like, no, ideally, that's going to be positive for both people. But it's more that it's dishonest. And I think that what this caller is kind of wrestling with is something I've I've experienced a lot myself and I've also seen with a lot of other people who are trying to kind of be more open and step out of the normal game of dating mm-hmm. is that in trying to be honest and upfront, it almost ends up coming across as manipulative. Interesting. Because it's just saying, hey, these are all the things I'm open to and mm-hmm. truly meaning it honestly, but because that's not the way a lot of people interact... Mm-hmm. That's why people interpret it as this, like, oh, you just want sex, but you're trying to, like, make it this... Like, you're trying to cushion it or trying to make it seem more appealing to me or whatever. Yeah. Well, this person is also... They're also asking, like... They're saying that the people that would be potentially willing to do this with them, um, that they're, like, a thousand miles (laughs) away, essentially. Well, yeah, just saying that that all their long-distance relationships can't provide them cuddling. Yeah. Well, sure, but can't you ask your friends if you need cuddles? Can't you ask, like, a person who's there maybe in close proximity that's just a friend for cuddles? And it doesn't need to be, like, a potentially sexual relationship. Well, that's the point, though, is trying to to communicate to a friend, possibly. Mm -hmm. Whether he has sexual interest in this person or not, but to be able to ask for this touch without it being interpreted in that way. Mm. Yeah, and I do feel like, as, as a male person in society, that's a harder thing to ask of your friends. Yeah. Definitely. At least in my experience. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. Hmm. That's not yeah. not not something I would feel comfortable asking ninety percent of my friends for. Yeah, you know, I guess you're right. But but I still I'm going to come back to where I'm coming down on this is separate them, is separate these requests or these things. Mm-hmm. So kind of, and, and you could use like what Dedeker was talking about of kind of if it's someone that you are already on a date with or, or someone you're already talking to, try putting the time limit on it. Like, hey, would you I be think, okay to just yeah. cuddle for like 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. Like, that would, uh, that'd be great. And that's all it is. Or, yeah. y- you know, or if it's like on a dating profile or whatever, if you're just looking for cuddling right now, just put that. Or if you're looking for more than that, then don't kind of put that, well, this or maybe that thing, but just kind of do a one or the other. Or get your cuddling need met at a cuddle party or something and then do yeah. your dating separate from that. And then when you're in person, maybe it will turn into like, hey, let's just cuddle. We don't even need to have sex with each other, but rather than trying to open with that. That's, I think it, that's my advice. I think it can be important to also see how feasible it is to take the cuddling out of a space where sex could happen. That's why for me, well, that's why for me it was like, come sit with me on the couch and let's cuddle. Or it, it could be if you're comfortable with this, like then it's let's like, oh, go I find see. a couch at a cafe and cuddle. So as in, like as in, it truly does eliminate the idea of like I'm just trying to get you in my bedroom, or I'm just trying to get you on my huh. bed, mm-hmm. or I'm just trying to get in your pants. Like, right. Sorry, like I'm I'm just kind yeah. of thinking of my own experience, like putting sure. myself in the shoes of being approached in this way. That these rather are the than let's that, go cuddle in my bedroom. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Totally. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I All hope right. that I hope that helps, caller. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money. 
For a long time now, we've been fans of adamandeve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their sites specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping code M-U-L-T-I. All right, let's listen to the next one. Okay, here we go. Alrighty. Hi, multi-amory crew. Uh, I was calling to talk about couples privilege and having a hard time letting go of it. I'm a 40-year-old woman in Los Angeles, been with my husband for 13 years, and we've been polyamorous for the past three years. And I notice that often whenever anything new comes up that we want to do together, sometimes, you know, uh, sex acts, sometimes things like, you know, events that we want to go to, the types of events or something like that, that I want to keep them for just us for a certain amount of time to, like, get used to it before I let go of the idea that maybe he can also participate in these things with somebody else. And wondering if you have any advice on how to let go of that need and desire and work on that. Uh, thanks so much for any advice you have. Bye. All right. Hey, I mean, couples privilege is a big one. There's many moving parts yeah, to I mean, it. Yeah, this is a great one. Well, yeah. it's, I like that this is coming from the point of view of someone who's who kind of, you know, understands, like, this is something I might be happier if I were able to let go of a little mm. bit more. Yeah, uh, she's very introspective about it, which is yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah, having, having the awareness of it in the first place yeah. is already so many steps ahead of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. That's half the battle right there. Yeah. Um, so it is, I, I love this question because of that, because it is coming from that point of view instead of someone else being like, oh, I'm frustrated that my partner always has to prioritize their husband or wife mm. or, or whatever, which mm-hmm. is which is definitely a question we've gotten before, too. So I like that it's from mm-hmm. this side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who wants to start? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've definitely been in this situation before. Um, yeah. I think on both sides of it, like, I've definitely been in relationships before where when I was still in my process of kind of deprogramming some more monogamous conditioning where it was like well, I'm going to avoid seeking out new experiences with other partners because I'm prioritizing this particular partner to have any kind of new experiences, whether that was a sex act or just an, an event or even a restaurant or something, you know, things like that. But then I've also mm. been on the other side where I've been with somebody who's been like, well, I want to do that with you, but 
I haven't done that with my primary partner first, so I need to prioritize that, and that's mm-hmm. left me feeling really weird. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've definitely been in that that kind of situation too, where yeah, you're with with someone, but they can't do something with you because they have to wait to do it with their partner, and it's especially problematic, I think, when like when that when their partner isn't just like okay let's do it right now then mm. where it's kind of like you have to do it with me first but then put no rush on actually doing it yeah. right yeah, like yeah, yeah. that that can be problematic we've been there with too. that one yeah yeah um i feel like in this situation you know kind of feeling a little bit weird about your partner trying out a new experience with someone else or a new sex act or something with someone else, there can be many different things underneath that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I always encourage people to just go a little bit deeper um, because it could be something like fear of being left out, just that like you're going to go do something that's fun and something that I've always wanted to do. And so I just feel left out that you're doing it with someone else. Um, I feel like sometimes the idea of your partner trying something new can be a little scary in the same way that your partner dating someone new can be scary that it can still hook into these kind of irrational fears of like, what if there's something in this new thing that is just so amazing and awesome that it takes my partner away from me? Um, so I, sometimes I think there can be something to that as well. I Yeah, I mean, I think that she's almost halfway there because she's acknowledging that it's a problem in the first place and that uh, she needs to do something about it. But I agree with you, Dedeker, that she probably needs to look at the underlying issue there and, you know, ask herself, why exactly do I have these feelings? What should I do about them? And then maybe just take the plunge. Like, even if it's a little thing initially, just say like, hey, yeah, I am going to go to this restaurant or say, you know, partner, husband, whomever, Uh you can definitely go to this restaurant or go on this trip or go to this event with someone else and then kind of see how that feels. I think the longer that you do something, the easier it becomes Mm -hmm. to a certain degree. Sure, like giving yourself those baby steps toward it. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, so something else I want to approach, and obviously, you know, we we don't have the caller live on the line right now, so we can't kind of ask more of these questions. <laughs> but yeah, something that's sort of a different approach to it that's come up for me is that I've definitely found that times when I've, you know, wanted to limit what my partner could do, kind of, which is essentially what this is, right? It's like, you know. Yeah. I want to be able to have these experiences with them first or have them only with me or whatever it is that, um, that it's, it's come from myself, like basically from holding myself back from having experiences or from doing things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's kind of this, like it does a full 360 where it's like, because I think that my partner would feel like, because I feel like if I were my partner, I would feel sort of threatened or left out by them doing this thing without me. So then I assume they're going to feel the same way. So then I stop myself from doing it. Mm. And then I get more upset if they want to do it. Mm. it. Like, see what I mean? It kind of goes back around a couple times. It's like a cyclical thing. Yeah. And mm. I found that definitely with, there've been a few times in my life where I've, I've come across this and it's once I had that realization and instead was like, okay, even if it's going to be uncomfortable or maybe my partner might not love it, if I give myself the sort of permission and the freedom to pursue my own experiences and do these things, it makes me less 
jealous of them, even if it's like unrelated. Mm. Like it might be that they want to do one thing with a partner and I'm holding myself back from seeking a different kind of experience that by letting myself have my experiences, it makes it easier to let them have theirs. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of tied to that idea of um, like that new things are scary. And so if I'm always waiting until I can do it with this safe long-term partner that I have, I'm holding myself back from it. It could be that too. Interesting. It might not even be out of a fear of hurting them, but even just a fear of like doing something new on my own mm. versus having to do it with this partner. I see. And the thought that they so could have the courage to do it without me is kind of threatening because it's like, oh God, I'm, I'm a coward. I'm the one holding myself back. Interesting. Well, you're saying not only give your partner the allowance to do things on their own for the first time, but also do it yourself. Like give yourself the allowance of, to also explore? Yeah, give yourself yeah. the allowance. Right, okay. and kind of push yourself into great. some experiences that, that you didn't think you were allowed to have before. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what it was for me, and I, I don't know for sure that that's what's happening here, but it's definitely something worth trying, because yeah. it made a huge, yeah, they may huge be putting difference that. for me. They may be putting that kind of barrier on themselves as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if they're thinking that their partner will react in a certain way or that they will, yeah. yeah or just that something's so scary themselves. to do on your own yeah. that, mm-hmm. that you're holding yourself back from actually, like, letting go and having new experiences. Yeah, yeah I that's think true. for me, it's been a matter of... Like if I'm noticing, like if I know if I have a partner who goes out and do something, who, who when he goes and he do something, Jeez. like learn how to speak the English language, <laughs> when he goes out and does something, and I'm having a hard time with it, especially if it's a new experience or something that I haven't gotten to do yet. Sometimes for me, it's just a matter of getting that reassurance from that partner that we can do that too at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found in certain relationships, sometimes that's just a matter of time and trust where maybe sometimes if a partner goes out and has this crazy wild experience or sexual experience that I wish I could be a part of, that maybe it's like, oh, a little bit of a twinge, but there's still this trust of like, but I know that if I asked, we'd do this too, you know, that I know that that this is also available to me. So that way, like, I'm not getting totally left out and it's not like my partner's giving something to somebody that he refuses to give to me, things like that. So that's where it lies for me. I feel like it could also play into a little bit of that kind of, the trap of wanting what you don't want, like mm, we talked to- about. No, totally, a few totally, ago, totally, totally. Yeah, that like, yeah, that I might not even. I'm like, maybe I'd like that. I don't know, but my partner's really excited about it. Mm, but, mm-hmm. but like the fact that they would do it without me, it's like, damn it, I'm missing out on this great thing. Even though to me, it might not be as great as it is to them. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's also been something that has come up for me for sure in terms of like kind of letting go of like, you know, I don't even necessarily want that experience like they do. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's that whole thing of allowing autonomy from your partner as well, like saying like we are our own people and we may want different things and that's okay. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you become married or when you are in a relationship with someone, you're not just one human being all of a sudden, like, and you're going to want your own things and have your own decisions. And so, yeah, I think allowing that in the other person is really important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge, you know, just allowing yourself to develop separate identities is a huge first yeah. step for a lot of people when when you know kind of changing the format of their relationship mm-hmm. yeah. for sure well thank you caller yeah thank you caller and good mm-hmm. job for yeah. already being like so aware yeah, of seriously. what's going totally, on totally totally well yeah. done yeah. okay all right last three? caller for this episode all right Alrighty. here we go hi um i just wanted to 
ask a question um, dealing with my husband and I um, have been together for 12 years and we decided that we wanted to open up our relationship and we've been non-monogamous for about a year now um, the problem now is coming in where uh, and I know you guys don't really like hierarchy and things like that um, but the problem is my husband would prefer for things you know he would prefer it to just be more of like a very casual like hookup you know basically keep our relationship intact not have a lot of emotion or um, super intense connection things like that whereas I I'm not really interested in just casual sex. It's, I mean, I've had casual sex and I've enjoyed casual sex, obviously, but it's not something that I want to actively participate in all the time. Um, you know, if I meet somebody at a party and it's like chemistry and we hook up, like that's fine. But what I more am looking for is having a connection with somebody, having a relationship. And so it starts, it's, I mean, my husband and I definitely communicate and try to work through it, um, but I'm just wondering if you guys have any ideas on how to get him to maybe understand that I can have a serious connection with somebody else and it doesn't necessarily lessen the connection that I have with him, because in my eyes, it doesn't. You know, I don't feel like me having care for somebody else is going to influence my care for him. And I think he's worried that, you know, I could possibly leave him for somebody else and then I don't know if he thinks that I would just go off and be monogamous with them or, you know, I'm not really sure. I mean, I know what his fears are, but I don't really get it because in my eyes, it's not an issue. But I don't really know how to help him work through that. So if you guys have any suggestions, um, I would really appreciate it. Thank you. Wow, I feel like this yeah. is a really common situation mm-hmm. that comes totally. up a lot. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it's it's common, but there's not kind of a one size fits all solution for there's it. There's never a one size fits all solution <laughs> no. for anything. Yeah. So, so I, I don't want to say like, oh, this thing. is a common thing. Whatever. Everyone solves this. It's like no, it's no. it's it's unique and individual for each situation. Um, I feel like what's interesting to me is that a lot of the information that I feel like I would want them to sort of figure out and and do some 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 searching to find is actually in this voicemail already mm-hmm. and it's kind of this specifically that well he wants everything else to be casual and for our relationship to pretty much stay the same but i'm not interested in casual sex mm-hmm. and you know like sure i'm open to it but that's not really what i want to seek out mm-hmm. like i think that's mm-hmm. sort of the key there and like really what it comes down to is just when i hear this message i go oh okay you both kind of want different things. Mm-hmm. And the problem here and is... And that's okay? Yeah, and that's, and okay. that's okay. I feel like the problem here is in the two sides kind of wanting or, or feeling some need that both of you have to do mm. the same thing. I see. Um, mm. And that's kind of where the problem is. And it's a tricky thing. It it plays a little bit into that idea of, of the wanting what you don't want thing, that mm. he might be more jealous of you having these more intimate loving relationships even if that's not something that he's looking for or it could on the other side be this 
thing that he thinks casual relationships will be less threatening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. the really important key factor here is that people are often surprised by what actually makes them jealous or what actually mm-hmm. is threatening to him. Um, mm-hmm. And if there is this underlying fear that you know, you're going to meet somebody and then you're going to leave him, or if there's this fear that you're going to meet somebody and then you're going to go off and be monogamous with them, that fear is still going to be there regardless of what your external behavior is, you know? So, for instance, even if you decide, like, okay, fine, I'll just have casual sex, I'll just have casual relationships, that fear's still going to be there. And so if you're having casual Mm -hmm. sex, but he's still finding, like, oh, actually, I'm still afraid that you're going to have casual sex with somebody and and then want to run off with them... Like, then you're kind of stuck in a corner because it's like, well, where do we go from here? You know, because yeah, the, it, the solution that more we, things now, yeah, the solution it, that we thought was going to fix this fear didn't actually fix it. Um, yeah, and it becomes I, just like a band aid, yeah, essentially. And I can say, yeah. like, and I've been totally guilty of this because I've made assumptions of partners in the past. Like, I've just made the assumption of, like, oh, well, everyone thinks that casual sex is less threatening than like a serious, mm-hmm. intense relationship until I was with a partner where it was the opposite, where he was totally fine with my serious relationships, but hated any time I had casual sex. So the thing is that like yeah. these fears can be so much more deeply rooted than just like what's happening on the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think they can also change over time too. Yes. So I, I think it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a problem when you try to go into saying like, well, let's structure our relationship in a certain way to preclude certain types of relationships or certain types of activities because it kind of is this assumption that one that you can control people's emotions, mm-hmm. including your own, which is mm-hmm. not true. Yeah. Uh, and then the Total second bullshit. part is that is that that is the solution, and you don't know that. Like you're again, you're putting this band aid on. Mm. You're treating a symptom rather than actually trying to figure out what it is that's that's causing this fear mm-hmm. here, or mm-hmm. kind of yeah. letting go of it. Yeah. Um, it's tough because. You know, a lot of this is work that that he needs to do, mm-hmm. and so it's tricky that for the caller, it's like, well, what what can she do? I'm sorry yeah, for assuming the, no, that she. Well, the, que- this, the question the caller, of yeah. what can I do to make him understand, and like that's just right. like impossible. Yeah. Like, trying to get, trying yeah. to make a human being understand anything is is pretty impossible. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel yeah. like I don't know. I think awareness is the key here. Um, I know we did talk about the fact that it was like, well, you guys don't have to do everything equally. Like, if he truly wants to seek out casual sex, he can. And you don't want to seek out casual sex, then you don't have to. You can seek out what it is that you actually want. Um, At the same time, should the caller suddenly find like, oh, hey, actually, I'm really enjoying these casual hookups and it's great. Or should the caller's husband fall in love with somebody Mm -hmm. in the midst of his casual sex having, because that does happen. Um, And for him to finally be like, oh, I suddenly get how I can be in love with someone, but that doesn't take away from my love for my wife. Um, That sometimes that can help. But I think just the important thing is that it shouldn't be forced on anybody that, you know, your husband shouldn't be forcing you to only have casual sex in order to understand what it is that he wants. And you shouldn't ever force your husband to like try to seek out a more serious relationship in order to understand what it is that you want. Yeah, I remember... Oh, sorry, Emily, go ahead. No, just, I mean, yeah, no one should be forced, but but potentially it would help? I mean, that's the thing. I don't know if somebody if somebody goes through that experience to a degree, if someone's like, hey, like, maybe don't put a cap on this relationship. Or yeah. maybe Meaning to him, you can, to tell him to be more open to letting exactly. him go further, I see. Sure, sure, like, it, to just give the option or say, like, look, I... 
I want to go into my relationships with the idea that they could become something more. But I want you to know that, like, that's a possibility for you as well. And maybe mm. think about not just putting a cap on this relationship and saying, like, it's only just going to be a casual thing forever and always. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, because, again, you know, with you, Jace, the the time that I really decided, like, hey, I want to be non-monogamous was when it was my decision. Mm. And right. I was like, hey, yeah, this is a thing that I want to do. Yeah. But also, it, like, it took me going for it and... Yeah, but that's the thing is like like too. Jace, you couldn't be like you couldn't force Emily to find a good date, you know, no. for her to finally get it. Like no, it's she true. Did have to find she had own. to kind of find out on her own. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I agree with you guys that he's gotta kinda do the work himself but a little I, bit. But I think you pointed out something interesting earlier about the way this could possibly backfire if they do decide to kinda mm-hmm. impose this agreement of like, well, we'll only yeah. seek out casual relationships. Yeah, well the the trick here is that I mean, they said they've been non-monogamous for a year, so I don't know what that exactly means. Mm-hmm. How much? How much? You know, much actual dating they've on, done, yeah. or or whatever. But yeah. it is kind of this thing of you know, it might be that what he wants are more casual hookups. Like he would like to have a more fulfilling sex life in that way of having more different, mm-hmm. varied sexual experiences. And what she might want is more, you know, emotional fulfillment. You know, from different types yeah. of relationships, and. If they go ahead and say, like, okay, well, he wants this, so we're both going to go ahead wanting just that thing, that he might end up finding that she's at least seems to have a lot more available casual sex than he does because of gender, Mm. because of gender in our society, right? There's definitely part of it's real, but also part of it is our perception on top of it. But it's going to seem like she could get casual sex anytime she wants, whenever, and that for him, that might be a lot more challenging. Mm-hmm. And then you end up in this situation where he might be like, I really want to have more casual sex. And now I've set up a situation where she's getting the thing that I want, and I'm still not getting it. Mm, interesting. So that's Dude. just something to be aware of, that that could actually backfire and cause mm-hmm. kind of more of a jealousy or more of a problem. And then since yeah. you came into it with this idea of, if we're both only seeking this casual thing, that that's going to solve this problem of feeling jealousy. And then when it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, this, this could backfire and be like, Oh, well the whole thing doesn't work mm-hmm. because you tried to structure yeah. it in a way to, to really limit it. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to mention is just one of my first, um, first times I'd ever heard about non-monogamy was, uh, on two separate episodes of a different podcast years and years and years ago where the host had this guy on, um, who is in a non-monogamous relationship, and then in another episode had his wife on, uh, and mm, both of yeah. them talked about their experiences with it. And one of the things that came up was the fact that the man in the relationship did tend to have more more relationships at one time that were all a little more casual, whereas the wife in that instance tended to have these longer relationships, but... Um, fewer of them, mm-hmm. you know, kind of longer, more more committed relationships. And that for them, that's just, they, they were able to acknowledge the fact that they both wanted different things mm-hmm. and they both sought out different things. And that's just how they did it. Rather than thinking of it as an imbalance, it was just, hey, we're each able to get what it is we want. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it so, goes back to the autonomy thing. It's yeah. like we are different people. We are our own person. And so we're going to have different needs. Yeah, I mean, definitely. that's why... Isn't that one of the reasons why we get into this in the first place? Because we have a multitude of needs, mm-hmm. and they're going to be different from your partners. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I think that this is one that's going to involve a lot more communication yeah, always. between these people. Yeah. Um, and, but I think there is a certain... <laughs> maybe this is sort of a weird analogy, but once I went to this meditation class with Dedeker, and the teacher of the class was talking about quitting smoking. And she was talking about mm. people coming to her saying... I, you know, I want to quit smoking. Do you have techniques for like how I could do that or, or like things that could help me to quit smoking? And, and her answer was, oh, well, you should just stop smoking. Well, no, it was specifically her answer is like, you should stop putting cigarettes in your mouth. Well, okay. She maybe said that another time. You've been to more classes than <laughs> I, I have. have yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was this idea of just giving yourself permission to actually do the thing. Mm. And in this case, mm. to stop doing a thing. But it's just like, why don't you just stop doing that thing? Instead of like looking for the other thing that will solve letting you do this other thing. You know, instead of like putting more steps in the way, just giving yourself permission to do it. Mm. Uh, and now, as as someone who has wrestled with this issue myself, it's not doesn't oh. always seem so easy to just be like, yeah, just stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is something to it. There is something to empowering yourself and letting yourself do well, it. But how would you apply that to this situation, though? Well, what I mean is is kind of that um, we can try to find different band-aids. We can try to mm. find different ways to talk through some techniques for how to have, you know, how to have emotional loving relationships not feel so threatening to him. Or he can just decide, OK, yeah, I'm going to be OK with this now. And it's going to be challenging along the way. Kind of a fake it till you make it kind of thing. But I know I've definitely resorted to that in the past of sometimes where I've been like, if I just, me too. If right now I just pretended that I was this like super competent, really fulfilled, really happy, really loving person, I'm just going to pretend. How Mm -hmm. would I feel about this relationship or this situation? And it can actually really help by leaps and bounds to kind of get me most of the way across the bridge to the other side, as it were. Yeah. I wrote a blog about those. Yeah. It was kind of one of those. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm just going to decide to be okay with this mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. is irking me right now. And lo and behold, it worked. Yeah. 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 It really did. Well, so, my goodness. Cool. I, wish, I wish you both the best of luck in that. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Well, this is great. All we right. had more questions that we wanted to get to, but we're out of time for today. We're going to hopefully be able to address those voicemails in a later episode. Um, Absolutely. If you are interested in having your question or your comment played on the show, then you can call 678-MULTI-05. You're not going to sing the song? No, I'm not going to sing the song. Okay. Um, or if Jason, you're <laughs> Or if you're an international listener, you can send a Facebook audio message to Multiamory. Um, if you're like me and you're freaking terrified of voice Mails, you can also email us at info at multiamory.com or you can send us a message on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And to support our show and join our private Facebook community, you can go to patreon.com slash multiamory. And also let us know what you think of this episode format. Uh, we are very curious to hear from our listeners. How do you like this? Um, I've loved it. It's gotten us to get into some things that we might not have brought up ourselves mm-hmm. on this show. Yeah. So I really hope this is something we could do regularly, maybe every month or two. But let us know what you think and how you feel about it. All right. Thank totally. you so much. Multi-Amory is created and produced by Emily Sotelo-Matlack, Dedeker Winston, and me, Jace Lindgren. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. And our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh Anand from the Fractal Cave EP.